0: الحمد لله حمدا كثيرا طيبا مباركا فيه كما يحب ربنا ويرضى اشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله الناصح الامين اللهم صل على نبينا محمد all praise and thanks belong to Allah for guiding us to Islam and for guiding us to the Sunnah. It is incumbent and it is a must upon each and every one of us that we seek knowledge about the deen of al-islam so that we may implement it properly because in because knowledge precedes statements and actions with that being said we would like to begin by saying hadathana ibn abi umar hadathana sufyan and bin dinar عن أبي قابوس عن عبد الله بن أمر قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم الرحمون يرحمهم الرحمن يرحم من في الأرض يرحمكم من في السماء this hadith is a hadith that is tremendous Before getting into the tremendous nature of this hadith This hadith is a hadith that is musalsel Musalsel bil Meaning that there will be a rawi And they will say Samaitu hadith al rahma Al musalsel bil Min Fulan, it's a hadith, for example, a narrator, many of the narrators, many of the narrators from hadith, they will say that I heard the hadith of Rahma this hadith here, and it's a hadith that is Musalsal bin meaning it's a hadith that the ulama the Imams they would begin with this hadith. So they would say, I heard this hadith of Rahmah and from Shaykh so and so and this was the first hadith that I heard from him or the first hadith that was narrated, Yani that he narrated to us. And this is because this hadith is tremendous and it gives us a good understanding of the nature of ain, the purpose of ain, the goal of ain, and some of the desired effects that come from from ilm. the translation of this hadith is that those who are merciful, then the most merciful he shows them mercy. إِرْحَمُوا مَنْ فِي الْأَرْضِ مَنْ Be merciful with those who are in the earth and the one who is above the heavens will show mercy unto you. <laughs> Shaykh saleh Abd-Aziz, a'l-shaykh, he mentions that the reason and from the benefits and wisdom why the imams of the deen, why the muhaddithun They will begin with this hadith. is because il is rahmah. Knowledge is mercy. It leads to mercy. And it is incumbent as a good reminder for the student to understand this fact. That il is rahmah. And that from the effects of it is that an individual, he should grow in forbearance. From the effects of it is that an individual He will spread In and spread mercy Amongst the people And this is why you find Of old That it was said that Ahl-Sunnah aruhamun nas bin-Nas That the people of the Sunnah They were the most merciful Of the people to the people And it was because of their knowledge That they were able to be forbearing that they were able to have patience that they were able to explain the best of manners to the people because ilm has to be implemented Na'am, as the saying it goes بِعَمِلْ فَإِنْ wa that knowledge it calls out to action if it responds meaning that the action meets the knowledge then the knowledge it stays. And if it doesn't find a response Then the knowledge it leaves It goes away Because the purpose of ilm is to implement Is to live by it And you should be able to see the effects of the ilm upon a person So therefore You should never find a person who is connected to knowledge Acting like an individual who is not connected to knowledge you will not find the Sheikh, for example, acting like just any person from the street. But you will find a level of behavior that is befitting to what they are carrying. So, therefore, it is incumbent that we strive to embody the In. Naam, that we strive to embody the In. And before getting into um, what was selected, and what was advised by the ulama to begin with, with regards to the likes of lessons that deal with learning the deen it is incumbent that we understand that this is not just a one-shot thing it's not a one-off it's not just coming one day to class and then that's it and then for the rest of the week, you forget about it and then you come back to it. No. But rather knowledge is something that is acquired day by day, night by night, she and for Bit by bit. Not all at once. As the Ulima, they mentioned, Marrama jumlatan, the Whoever tries to take knowledge all at one time, it leaves them all at one time. I will give you an example. If I were to throw a tennis ball, say, "Hey, catch!" If I threw one tennis ball, you probably catch it, right? If I threw you another, you will catch it. If I threw you another, you will catch it. Okay, if I threw 20 tennis balls at you at one time, you'll be so busy trying to catch them all, you end up what catching none. If I threw 50 at you at one time. You be trying to catch them all. You may catch, drop, catch, drop. You won't catch anything, right? And likewise, the aim. If you try to grab it all at once, you wouldn't be able to. If you try to go to that which is more complicated, that which is more advanced, you won't benefit anything. You'll struggle a lot and leave with very little benefit. So, knowledge is bit by bit, day by day. The poet said, <laughs> وَإِنَّمَ السَّيْبُ or nukat That today is knowledge, and tomorrow the same thing. Today is knowledge, and tomorrow is knowledge. And from the fruits that an individual they will pick from knowledge, from the fruits of knowledge, is that a person will be able to attain wisdom. That a person will be able to attain wisdom. Because remember, in the Arabic language, حِكْمَةَ شَيْءٍ That hikmah, it means to put everything in its right place. In order to put things in their right place, you have to know where they go. That makes sense. So it requires knowledge. Because if you don't know where they go, you don't know where to put them. So in order to put things in their right place, in their proper places, you have to have aim. You have to have knowledge. So this is from the benefits that one will gain when... They have the right knowledge. Is that they will, over time, gain wisdom? That they will, over time, gain wisdom. Because verily, the saying is the is the is the coming together of dots of drops. Now, the saying. For lack of a better term, it's like those flash floods that come in the desert. Right? Those flash floods that come in the desert. And this is when the rain comes and the ground cannot absorb the rain quick enough. So it sends a, a flash flood. Now, yeah? and statistically, more people drown in the desert than die of thirst in the desert due to these flash floods that come. This is the same, that flash flood to give you the understanding of how knowledge is attained is that in them as saying that the same this flash flood that knocked a person off his feet, some people drown, is nothing more than the gathering and the combination of, of raindrops. One raindrop by itself is you can handle that, right? Two, three, you can handle it. But when it comes over time, it becomes a lot. And this is the nature of knowledge. A little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit here, a little bit there. Then after some time with consistency, you amass a lot. Because, as the saying it goes, يعني ال, uh, القليل خير من كثير يمقطع That a little bit that is consistent is better than a lot that is severed. Now, a practical example. And this is from the ways... Um, to beat Shaytan Is to be consistent Upon worship So for example If a person were to be consistent upon And praying something from layl, Which is anything layl Is anything prayed After Isha So anything prayed after Isha Is layl. So much so That if you're traveling And you combine your prayer You're traveling And you combine your prayer Maghrib and Isha In the time of Maghrib You combine your prayer In the time of Maghrib So in Maghrib time You pray Maghrib Then you pray Isha Because you're traveling You with me? But anything you pray after that Is Qiyam That makes sense? You see the ease of the religion? It's easy Anything you pray after that Is Qiyam So now back to the example If a person Were to be consistent Every day and he prayed at minimum, because the minimum one can pray for قيام is how many? Who knows? Huh? Minimum. Not two. One. Because wither is one. Now, at the very minimum, a person just prayed with her. He had a he had a long day. She had a long day, right? He worked a lot. The children were running her crazy, and they, they prayed isha and it's time I'm just going to pray one rakah. That's witzr. That constitutes qiyam ulay. Now, if they were to remain consistent upon that for one year, every day, they would have prayed how many rakah? 365. That's better than a person that will come and pray for 11, for 11, he did it for a week. Then he stops for months until Ramadan. Who would have amassed more? The person that was consistent with one, 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 and then now Ramadan comes and they're praying for eh, 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 eh. You see? who, who going to get more? So the small that it is, is consistent is better. And this is uh, the approach that has to be taken in many things in life but in particular when it comes to seeking knowledge, that we take bit by bit by bit by bit. Also, it is important that we memorize. It is very important that we memorize. Now, as one of the poets he mentions, and he really highlights the issue of memorizing and the importance of memorizing, he says that... uh, he said that If you do not memorize And become one who safeguards the knowledge in his chest He said then Your collecting of knowledge in reality will not benefit you He said do you present yourself to the gathering with your knowledge you bring your, excuse me, do you present yourself in the gathering and you have present with you your ignorance? You bring your ignorance to the sitting while your knowledge is safely stored away in books. You see? Because if you come there and say a mas'ala, any shape comes up and you say, ah, I read something about that. But I don't remember right now. Let me, yeah, I get back to you. Let me, let me go review it again and I'll come back. So, in essence, it hasn't benefited you. Naam. What the in his lesson today from the Haram from Medina, he mentioned a statement of some of the Imams of the past where he said, uh, that we memorize a little bit and we used to read a lot. Naam. That we memorized a little bit and we used to read a lot. But we did not benefit. He said, We didn't benefit from what we read, but we benefited from what we memorized. Now, so remember, they memorized a little bit and they read a lot. But then it came to a point where he realized that, you know what? We actually didn't really benefit from what we read because sometimes we forget. But we benefited from what we remembered, what we memorized That's what we really benefited from Now, So it is incumbent and it is important that we become accustomed to memorizing Sheikh Saleh al-Usaini, he mentions, he says that the the issue of memorizing is not an issue that is particular to one age group to, you know, to the detriment of another age group, meaning it's not specific to young people and it doesn't apply to older people. He said this is not the case. Many people think this that younger people can memorize, older people cannot memorize. He said this is not true. The reality of it is is that everyone who has an aql, as long as you're sane, as long as you have sanity you're able to memorize no matter your age. Ma'am, there are some who can memorize quicker than others but nonetheless, as long as you have a working intellect, a working mind, you, you have the ability to memorize. It's like trying to lift something. Now, if you try to lift something really heavy, at first you can't do it, right? Someone gives you 200 pounds. Lift 200 pounds. See, I can't I can't bench press 200 pounds right now, huh? So what do you do? You start with 40 pounds, right? The bar is 40 pounds, right? But then then you put you know little by little by little by little by little by little by little. By little then now you can do 200 pounds because you have to work your way up to it same thing with the memorizer the memory is like this where you have to work it the more you work it the the stronger it'll be the more you work it the stronger it'll be if you neglect it you don't don't work it it's like your muscles you don't utilize them then you're going to be weak but if you utilize them you're going to be strong now so now granted some younger folk they got stronger legs than older folk true true generally However, if the older man is consistent in his exercising and conditioning, then he will do what? He will run laps around the young man. So just the same thing with the memory. It's not specific to one age group and not the other age group. So as long as you're alive, as long as you have an aql, as long as you have an intellect and it's working, you can memorize. So you start small. Memorize what you could, that's easy. And then you increase and but you have to do it daily you have to work it daily Na'am? so some of the ulama they mentioned there should not be a day that goes by except that you memorize something a day shouldn't go by except that you memorize something Na'am? so whether that be an ayah from the Quran Sheikh Saleh uh, uh um uh Sheikh Sulaiman uh, afwan Sheikh Sulaiman al rahini he says, you should memorize every day at least one verse. Just one verse. That's it. At least. Because what's going to happen is you, you memorize a verse, memorize a verse, memorize a verse. You might do that for a month, two months. And then you say, it's easy. Memorizing one verse is easy. I'll memorize two. Two becomes easy. I'm going to memorize three. Three becomes easy. Memorize four. Memorize five. You see? Until you're memorizing a page, a rubric so on and so forth. Now, until, until, until you finish the Quran. Na'am? So likewise We should be memorizing Every day something Something every day An ayah Hadith Or a portion of a hadith Maybe a, a couple sentences from a hadith Then you come back the next day A couple sentences from the hadith It's only going to be for so many days Until you finish the hadith Na'am? A method from the multum A few lines Only going to be a certain amount of time You finish the metad. Naam, A qusida to going A bait Two baits Three, yeah, and then you're going to memorize the whole of the of the of the poem, the knowledge-based poem, so on and so forth. And likewise, we should be striving to memorize. we said all that to say, which brings us to a tremendous a tremendous book that we all have to, and we all should be very very uh, familiar with in verse as relates to it, and that is the أربعين of Imam and nawwi the 40 hadith of Imam and nawwi Why this particular book? This particular book is tremendous in so many ways. But you will see, as we will come to see with Allah Ta'ala, that this book is a collection of 40 some hadith that deal with the principles of the religion. That deals with principles of, of the sunnah. Na'am? How often do people talk about sunnah? Sunnah, sunnah, sunnah. Ana sunni, ana athari, ana ana a huh but that's beautiful, right? But, you know, we had a saying back when, what did Don't talk about it, be about it, right? It's easy to talk about it, but can you be about it? In order to be about it, you got to know about it. So if you truly want to be upon sunnah, you have to learn what are the principles of the sunnah. What are the principles of this deen? If you don't know what the principles of the sunnah are, then, then how empty is your claim? It's like the poet he said, illayla, wa, wa layla la that everyone claims a connection to Layla. There was a poet, his name was Majnun Layla. Now I mean he was crazy for Layla, that was his nickname. That's how crazy he was for Layla. So they gave him the nickname, Crazy for Layla. Like they stopped calling him by his real name. I don't even remember what his real name was. Now <laughs> it doesn't escape me right now. But I remember Majnun Layla. Like he was crazy about Layla, but he had a nice line of poetry that really hits the, hits the concept. He said, everybody's claiming to have a connection with Layla. He said, but Layla don't know nothing about them. She don't agree with them in that. right? So meaning what? A claim doesn't mean anything. A person can make a claim, but that don't mean, that don't substantiate anything. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't prove anything. Because the proof is where it is. Now, The proof is where it is. A person claim that he's this and he's that. If that's not who they are, how's that going to benefit? them? That's not who they are. Now, so it is incumbent that we just don't come with claims and you know in the, and, and these things, but we come with the reality of the thing that we come with the reality of the thing and that comes from learning that comes from understanding that comes from implementing what we learn so remember know we put together this tremendous book and as you will find it's, it's actually a uh, uh, combination of works of previous scholars that Imam al he added to and he completed. Now, uh, Imam Ibn Rajab he came and he added a few more, making them 50 all together, and, and he completed and in, 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 uh, uh, increased upon the work of Imam al uh, and the like. But in any event, these hadith are hadith that are tremendous because each and every one of them is a principle from the religion. Each and every one of them, you, 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 you grab a principle from the deen, a principle that could be applied in your life, a principle that you can benefit from day in and day out. Yani, really important, really important hadith which gives you a well-rounded understanding of the deen of al-Islam. Now. Na- so Imam al nawawi may Allah have brings an Amir al-Mu'minin, Abi Hafs, Umar ibn Khattab, on the authority of the leader of the believers, the leader of the believers, Abi Hafs, Umar ibn Khattab, may Allah be pleased with him. He said, "I heard Rasulullah, may Allah bless al and grant niyat وَإِنَّمَا the Malikulimri in Manawa, for man cannot Hejratuho in a ورسوله he will a soul, for Hejratuho in a أو will a soul. إلى ما Hejratuho the That very actions are but by their intentions and everyone shall be rewarded depending upon what they intended So whoever his hijrah was to Allah and His Messenger Then his hijrah was to Allah and His Messenger Meaning, Whoever his hijrah was to Allah and His Messenger, then they will be rewarded for making hijrah to Allah and His Messenger And whoever his hijrah was for the dunya in order to get it Or for a woman in order to marry her Then their hijrah was was until that in which they made hijrah for now, I mean, they got no reward from Allah They got no reward uh, For their hijrah <laughs> This particular hadith It was collected by The two imams of hadith Imam Muqbil ta'ala, He mentions That when it comes to a hadith There are three essential things You should know Three things you should know When it comes to a hadith The first thing is Who is the narrator of the hadith Na'am The first thing Who is the narrator of the hadith The second thing is The hadith itself The third thing is Where the hadith is collected This is at the bare minimum The bare minimum Bare minimum Is that you should know three things Who narrates the hadith The hadith itself And where it's collected Na'am This is the very bare minimum Na'am So The narrative of this particular hadith is who? Is Umar رضي But Who collected the hadith? Bukhari Muslim I I only said the imams of hadith The two imams of hadith The two imams of hadith are who? Al-Bukhari Muslim They're the two imams of hadith The two imams of hadith Al-Bukhari Muslim Abu Abdullah Muhammad bin Ismail bin Ibrahim bin Al-Mughira bin Bardizba al-Bukhari This was Imam Bukhari's name wal Abdul Hussein Muslim bin Hajjaj bin Muslim Al-Qurashi al Saburi. This was Imam Muslim's name Inside of the two collections of authentic hadith الذين الصح الكتب those two collections of hadith that are the most authentic books that have been authored. they are the most authentic books that have been authored يعني by human beings. but this particular hadith is a hadith that Imam Bukhari رحمه الله he began his Sahih with. He began his Sahih with this hadith. So this hadith, is the first hadith in Sahih al-Bukhari. Insha'Allah we're going to come back to it. And so Imam, Imam al Nawi, he numbered it first. He brought this hadith first. For this reason and other reasons. As we'll come to see with Taala. Imam Muslim he didn't use this hadith first. He used another hadith first in Sahih Muslim. And that was the hadith, hadith Jibreel. Which is a hadith called Umm al-Sunnah. The mother of the Sunnah. Na'am? Just like the Al-Fatiha is Umm al-Qur'an. Hadith Jibreel, they call it Umm al-Sunnah. The mother of the Sunnah. Because all of the Sunnah returns back to it. So it makes sense to start a book with it has a lot of you know, benefits and very high level. Imam al because he couldn't you know, he simultaneously begin the book with two hadith. So he took the hadith from the first hadith that Imam Bukhari uh, brought and he made that his first hadith. And he took the first hadith that Imam Muslim brought and he made that the second hadith. So the second hadith is hadith in Jibreel. I'm saying that to say is that when you know that there was great attention paid to the placement of the ahadith, then you will have a better respect to know there was great attention paid (coughs) to the selection of these particular uh, uh, ahadith. طيب أَخْرَجُهُ الْبُخَارِ وَمُسْلِمْ وَأَصْحَابُ الْسُنَنْ وَغَيْرُهُمْ That this hadith was collected by al-bukhari muslim and also from the authors of the Sunan And other than them The authors of the Sunan Like An nisai Ibn Majah, Abu Dawood So on and so forth Naam Turmadi Naam وقد تفرد بروايته عن عمر And this here Is a reputation On the people of innovation Naam because the people of innovation are saying we can only use a hadith that are mutawatir as it comes to aqeedah. Now, we can only use a hadith that are well, well, well known, narrated by many, and so on and so forth, when it comes to aqeedah. And that is bafid. That statement is bafid. Now, the reason they came up with it is because what? It's because of a hadith like this that talking about aqeedah yeah, destroyed their program. Right? That is why they try to circumvent and so on and so forth. <laughs> <laughs> this hadith is a hadith Umar al bin Waqas al <laughs> <laughs> He was the only one, firstly, Umar was the only Sahabi who narrated this hadith. And then al was the only one who took this hadith from Umar, so Umar is the only Sahabi narrated Then Al Qama is the only one who took it from him. Who, who took it from <Signship> him? bihi anhu Muhammad Imam- Ibrahim ibn Ibrahim al Muhammad bin Ibrahim al-Taymi was the only one that took it from Al Qama, anhu Yahya bin Sa'id al-Ansari? El- Yahya <coughs> Ibn uh, Sa'id Al-Ansari Was the only one that took it From Muhammad Ibrahim at taymi So up until this point One person narrates Another person narrates Just one person narrates Just one more person Narrates one more person Narrates one more person And then uh, And then after that Then after that Many people took it from him Many people took it from him until this hadith is actually reached the level of mutawatir, meaning it's so well known. Na'am, but in the beginning, which is one who took it from one, who took it from one, who took it from one, it from one and so on and so forth. Na'am. So the whole issue anyone come and say about al- hadith and al- ahad and how you can't use them when it comes to aqeedah and so on and so forth, this statement is baqil. It's false. Na'am. As we see from this particular. Uh, chain that that that, that 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 doesn't hold weight but also when you reflect on it and you think about it rationally the promise when he sent the sahaba to go different places to give dawah sometimes it was just one Right? Okay? so if this concept had any credence then he wouldn't have said just one because then how they want to take from him the issues of aqeedah? when he said and he gave him the advice he told him that He's going to the people From the people of the book uh, And Allah So the first thing You call them to is To single out Allah alone in worship One person Calling them to single out Allah in worship Is that aqidah or no? That's Na'am. So anyone who come and they say We can't use an ahadith al-Ahad When it comes to aqidah Issues of aqidah this a person Don't know what he's talking about Why? Because they have a devious uh, intention نعم. And that is to يعني, circumvent those hadith that destroy their innovation. حال, then after that, this hadith became. A lot of people start to narrate uh, this particular hadith, and most of the, the people they have heard of this hadith. But sahih al-Bukhari, and this hadith is from the uh, غرائب, meaning is hadith is gharib in Na'am, a hadith that is gharib in his chain. And without getting into a lot of, uh, what do you call it? Uh, without getting into مصطلح hadith, Na'am, a hadith that is gharib, as Imam al-Bayquni, uh, mentions in bayquniya Qul gharibu That a gharib hadith is a hadith that is narrated by one person. Meaning at some point in the chain is narrated by just one person. This is hadith that is called gharib. But Imam Bukhari brought this one because of the uh, uh, because of the content of the hadith, but also be these hadith they were refutations upon the people of innovation. A lot of people in their ignorance they will come and they'll say Imam Bukhari he was muhaddith, he was not fikri, he was muhaddith he wasn't a scholar of fiqh, na'am, or he was just a collector of hadith. No, this is incorrect. Imam Bukhari had great fiqh of the deen Great fiqh He was a great nam. He was from the ulama fiqh And when you study his chapters When you study his chapters na'am? Then you will see his profound understanding of fiqh How he'll bring a chapter And he'll bring the appropriate hadith For that chapter heading For that subject na'am? He, was a, he was outstanding understanding in his fiqh so part of putting Sahih Bukhari together, likewise Imam Muslim, it was, na'am, one of the objectives was to, collect, was to collect authentic hadith. But the other objective was to teach the people their religion, and also it was to refute the people of innovation. Na'am? It was to refute the people of innovation. If you go to Sahih Muslim and you look, and this should be your in homework, inshallah, time Go to Sahih Muslim and you look, the first hadith that is brought is hadith of what? Jibreel. Now it is brought as a refutation upon the Qadariyah, those who didn't believe in Qadr. Naam. And so Hadith Jabir was brought as a proof and evidence to establish there is Qadr. And to believe in Qadr, was to believe in Qadr the good and the bad of it. Naam. So it was a direct refutation upon the people of Qadr. This is how Imam al Muslim started his book. So was it just to bring that, that hadith and then that's it? No, it was to teach people their religion and to refute the people of innovation. Now, Because this is important. This is important. In order to establish the truth, you have to refute falsehood. I'll give you an example. Shaykh Sala Al Zalashaykh, he mentions that our da'wah is a da'wah that is detailed. Now, It's not a da'wah that comes with generalities. Because if you come with generality, you will never be able to achieve your objective. Your objective, and he brought in a very yeah, I mean, simple example. He said, if you went to the Jews and the Christians, and you said to them, "We have to be monotheistic. We Allah is one. We have to worship Allah," so on and so forth. Now, he said, there is not a single Jew or Christian that will debate you. Everybody will agree. Everybody will say yeah That's right We have to worship the creator No disagreement So if you brought just a generality Do you think that they're going to connect the dots and realize Maybe we shouldn't worship Isa Maybe we shouldn't worship the saints Maybe we shouldn't worship Uzay They will never connect the dots This is not the da'wah Allah Ta'ala in the Quran He tells us Wa اللَّهِ And what? Allah Ta'ala says worship Allah Allah doesn't stop there He says worship Allah alone And do not associate partners with Him He makes it clear So now if we went to that same assembly of Jews and Christians And we say worship Allah alone Worship Allah alone No one would disagree But as soon as we brought details Worship Allah alone Do not worship Jesus Do not worship the angels Do not worship Mary Do not worship the saints he might get a little static now, right? <laughs> He's going to get some argument now. But without establishing that, they're not going to connect the dots. They're not going to truly benefit. They're not going to abandon shirk until you bring details. So you find that this is the way of the people of knowledge is that naam, they call to good. Now but even with that, Allah Ta'ala in the Quran commands us to do what? Call to good and... Forbid evil, call to good and forbid evil, not not just call to good and the people to figure it out. no call to good and forbid evil now because the reality of it is is that maybe they won't figure it out, and it is they are not tasked to figure it out because we have not been tasked to utilize our intellect and to use our intellect. As a criterion over the revelation No The revelation is what governs Our intelligence Our intelligence don't govern the revelation So we say Oh that verse don't make sense No I'm good No If the verse don't make sense It don't make sense to us Due to our deficiency intellectually Or our lack of knowledge Now Not that it don't make sense It just don't make sense to us But it makes sense The deficiency is where? It's in us That makes sense? Now but this is an important fact because you have people that they, 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 they call you to, other than that. If you, can't, if you can't conceptualize it, if you can't quantify it, right? then you don't believe it. This is what the atheists say. The scientists, isn't it what they say? I don't believe in things I can't quantify. Which is a lie. Because there are many things they can't quantify and they believe in it. <laughs> right? But this is their yani, lie and justification. Why? They don't believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As Muslims, we understand that what? It is the revelation that that governs and checks our intellect. Na'am? So, of course, we're not going to be left to say, figure out what is wrong. No, but we're going to be shown. This is what you do, this is what you don't do. This is halal, this is haram, so on and so forth. Na'am? Because if left to the intellect, people will eat pork. Na'am? Do you think the kuffar eat pork because it's nasty? Tastes good to them So if we left it on our intellect that just what tastes good Then a person will say it's okay Right? But we know it's haram Because it's not okay Very bad But at the end of the day We don't eat it You know why? Because Allah told us not to so. Very simple Now that's just a little tidbit Because kuffar like to ask that question How can we eat pork? So very easy, very simple. They say, why? Because Allah said, don't eat it. Now, if you want to know some of the wisdoms, some of the benefits in not eating it, that's another discussion. But we don't eat it because Allah said, don't eat it. That's why we don't eat it. Now, But. A'la kulli hal. So this hadith is a hadith that it comes and so many aspects of it, it refutes the people of innovation. Also another hadith. And ta'ala we're in you with this, with the, with this hadith inshallah ta'ala And we'll continue in next week's class To discuss more about the wisdom And the benefits of this particular hadith there, Subhanallah, so many benefits While we have to learn this hadith yeah? But also Imam Bukhari He not only begins his book with a hadith That is gharib in his chain But he ends the book in a hadith that is gharib in his chain So it's understood, it's not a fluke This was not an oversight This was intentional because our deen is of such that we accept that which is authentic on the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, period. If it's authentically reported on the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, we take it. And we scared not to take it. We're scared. What did the Imams of the past they say? That if a person just yeah, reject one statement of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, they're gonna be destroyed. One statement they're gonna be destroyed. Now the Sahaba they will hold on. So that was the Prophet said, they ain't let none of it go, none of it. <coughs> now, and and are plenty of examples like this, like the hadith when the Prophet he saw the, the golden ring on the man, he took it off, he threw it. And one of his companions said, man, get the ring, you can sell it. He said, I'm not gonna go pick up something the Prophet threw. throws. Prophet threw it away. I'm not gonna pick it up. You see that? Commitment. You see that? That's how the people of the Sunnah are. When they hear that the Prophet said, semaina wataina, ana we hear, we obey. That's it. The Prophet said it. The statement of Abu Bakr. That the Prophet I the Prophet said it is true. If he said it is true, I don't you need know, you know. explain nothing. If he said it is true, that's it. Because that is the Prophet of Allah. If we want success, we have to. We have to follow him. This hadith I want to end with because it's a hadith that we can implement. We should start implementing it. And that is That they are two statements that are beloved to the most merciful. They are light upon the tongue. They are heavy inside the scales. I want you to check it out. Beloved to Allah. This, this is the hadith that Imam Bukhari concludes Sahih Bukhari Two statements that are beloved to <coughs> rahman They are easy upon the tongue, but they are heavy in the scales. Who knows what they are? Subhanallah wa Subhanallah ta'ala, we want to conclude with this hadith because I want us to reflect and let's uh, marinate Many of us know this hadith. Many of us know how important having heavy scales is going to be for us on the day of judgment. Many of us know this. Having heavy scales is important. Now, however, unfortunately, there are not many of us who have even made dhikr with these two today. Even though, from the dhikr of the morning and the daytime, is to say, Subhanallah, alhamdulillah, a hundred times Did we say it? You see? So one of the takeaways that we all have to do to try to get better, right? Because see, the thing is, is that You know, on the Day of Judgment On the Day of Judgment What's going to be the statement of people? Nafsi, nafsi Nafsi, nafsi Right? In the dunya, it's real easy to look at other people and see what they're not doing Right? Or to look at other people and see what they're doing Right? One of the things that I that I, I I strive to impress upon myself and I try to share with others is that we have to concern ourselves with that which benefits us. Now, yeah, we help we gotta be, wanna help others as well. But unfortunately, from the tricks of shaitan is that people become hypercritical of other people while they themselves are in complete disarray. You, you understand? And this is one the trick of shaitan. And the other trick of Shaitan, I forgot to mention before how we comfort him by remaining consistent upon you know, uh, 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 small deeds is because Shaitan will come and if he, if he can't convince us not to do a deed, then he'll say, do a whole bunch. Because he know it'll break us and after a day or two we ain't going to do it no more. So we beat him by being consistent upon small. But another thing Shaitan will come and have his focus on everybody else. So you're going to talk about the man? house. All oh, your shingle is, is messed up. Look at your, this is whatever. That need to be changed. The, you know, the, the light on your porch is not even bright enough. And the person saying all this stuff, why he himself living in a house that's condemned? House disarray, falling apart. Got holes in the floor, termites everywhere, everything. And you can talk about somebody else, is the driveway dirty. You got an oil stain in your driveway. Yeah, super high to law. Your driveway got a big hole in it. What are you talking about?
1: <laughs> but this is
0: what shaytan does Check it I'm telling you This is what he does When he gets us to be so hyper Yani yeah, I mean, uh, uh, Critical of other people That we forget our own benefit Be hyper critical of other people But we ain't pray Yani Allah musta'an One time I asked a person Hey well last time you pray They said Ramadan I said oh, Subhanallah Ramadan I was like, It's almost another Ramadan Almost another Ramadan You ain't pray with us since Ramadan Right? Okay. Hyper critical off of it. Right. You got anything, you implementing it? Huh? Now I'm just saying. Because see, look, people of the Sunnah, people of the Sunnah, people of the Sunnah, there should be no people who is not people of the Sunnah beating us and implementing Sunnah. Period. There should be no people gonna outdo us and implement the Sunnah. could we the people of the Sunnah. Correct? Right? The Sahaba, was it their way? We believe correct, so we good. We ain't got to pray that much. We ain't got to fast, voluntary fast. We don't got to strive, peace of alive. We believe correct, we straight. That's the way the people of the Sunnah? No, that's the way the Murji'ah. Those who believe that Iman doesn't go up and down. Who believe that whoever got Iman got Iman, the same Iman like the, the, like the angels in Abu Bakr and, and, and so on and so forth. That's what the Murji'ah think. I believe I'm good. Subhanallah. So, now we people the Sunnah gonna sound like the Mudus, yeah. No, actions are from Iman. Look at the Sahaba. We say we upon the way of the Sahaba. Sahaba, that was their understanding? No, the Sahaba, they was in the masjid for the prayer. What did they say? The only person that wouldn't come from the congregational prayer was a person either who he, they were sick or they were a well known hypocrite. I'm saying. Right? These things to think about. Anyway, anyway, these particular, these two great, yani, uh, statements, that which the, uh, Imam Bukhari, he ended uh, Sahih Bukhari with, let us reflect on it. And t-taala, let us increase in supplicating unto Allah and making zikr unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by saying, subhanallah al-azim wa subhanallah al-bahamid. Now let us increase in saying that and gain benefit for ourselves because we have to gain benefit for ourselves t-taala. And with Allah, we'll go on to further get into in the next class, insha'Allah ta'ala, uh, some more of the, the wisdoms and the reasons that Imam al nawawi rahimahullah ta'ala, he began uh, his tremendous book of 40 hadith with this particular hadith that outlines the principle. Could be said it's all built upon principles, right? What is the principle of this hadith? Ikhlas. Na'am? That we have to have Ikhlas, we have to have sincerity unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I want us uh, at the very minimum, until we get more into it, bihnillahi ta'ala, to bring this with us throughout the course of the week. And realize that whatever we do from the righteousness and the good deeds and so on and so forth, we have to do it for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now looking at the creation, period. Now looking at the creation period, but we're doing it for the pleasure, uh, excuse me, we do it for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We do it for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to try to earn his pleasure and to try to earn the reward in that which he has promised those who do righteousness. This has to be our motivating factor. This has to be the fuel that yeah, drives us and motivates us is sincerity for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The more we strive to do that, we will see our life start to change, and we have to realize that it's not easy. It's not easy. One in the salaf they said, مَا, 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 مَا إش, That there was nothing, the treatment of nothing was more severe upon me than my intention. So we have to remember that we're doing it for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and we have to strive to be sincere, and we ask to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He bless us with sincerity. يعني وسأل نس نسأل تعالى أن يوفقني وإياكم لما يحبه ويرضى وأن يجعلنا من الذين يستمعون قولاً فيتبعون أحسناً وأن يجعلنا مباركاً حيثما كنا وأن يجعلنا من, من إذا أُعطي شكر وبو الصبر صبر وإذا أذنب استغفر فإن هؤلاء ثلاثة عنوان السعادة هذا فنكتفي بهذا القدر وصلى الله وسلم على نبينا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين وجزاكم الله خيرا